0: Okay, so, first of all, everything I'm about to tell you is all my fault. If anyone should have known better, I should have known better. It's just that I've been away from my extended family for a while. Somehow I forgot the insane survival techniques you must employ to survive our gatherings. Plus, I was hungry, so my aunties announced that it's time to eat. And the backyard barbecue is set out. I make the mistake of getting up to fix myself some food. No one else gets up. That should have been my first clue. One of my cousins looks at me wide-eyed, shaking his head warningly. But I figure if he's got something to say, tell me after. I grab a paper plate and start heaping potato salad on it. Then I hear one of my aunties. That's the potato salad you gonna eat? Then my other auntie. Well, that's potato salad on this plate, ain't it? And I know I've made a rookie error. Maybe some slight at church, maybe a missed phone call, perhaps some stray gossip. I don't know who did what, but I do know the two matriarchs are at war. Again, the latest battleground being whatever I stick in my mouth. Everyone else turns away, leaving me exposed. So now I got to pick through this spread, this minefield of delectables, figure out who made what and choose a precisely equal amount from each faction, knowing the slightest misstep will have generational ramifications. Oh, well, I love potato salad. I think I'm going to get some of this potato salad over here, too. One auntie smiles, one fries. Two pieces of fried chicken, two ribs, two pieces of corn on the cob. If there's not two of something, I'm not getting any, no matter how good it looks. I sit down. Now they're both glaring at me and I'm nervous. I'm sweating because any expression on my face, whatever it is, will be seen as picking sides. Whatever I do, I cannot, I must not, I shall not pick a side. I'm a smart cousin's weight. Until someone who is not part of the family arrives, invited for this very purpose, Christy, beautiful Christy, then everyone gets in line behind her. Today, we proudly present The Hired GUN. My name is from Washington, and today, you've got to pick a side when you're listening to that. again the story about taking sides the story about gangs about the law and about a rapper who gets caught in between sensitive listeners should note this episode does contain some offensive language and drug references and understand this as well right now there's historic truce between the northern and southern california gangs mentioned in this piece but we're going back to a time before that to a time when Tupac still spit beats and Joe Camel was king. Step Judgment producer John Fasile brings us the story. Step Judgment.
1: Tell me about your name. When did you settle on the name?
2: <laughs> that That's funny. After I finished 8th grade, my mom took me to the bike shop and said, get anyone you want. GT... Who was a huge maker of BMX bikes came out with a bike called a Dino, and I picked a Chrome Dino. That bike was like connected to me. Everyone would call me Dino Dave. <laughs> so it wasn't this elaborate gangster name or anything like that, it was just kind of a childhood name that carried on, and I just added the Sir, Sir Dino to it because at that time every rapper was MC, MC Hammer, MC Shy D, MC. I said, no, I want to use something different. My name is David Rocha. Yeah, what's up? Many people know me as Sir Dino. Yeah, everybody wants to know about Sir Dino. Sir Dino this, Sir Dino that. What's my beat about? Check it out, it's it. Got a first-class ride. On.
1: Back in the '90s, Sir Dino looked like he walked off the pages of Source magazine. Crisp dicky shirt, creased khakis, snapback black hat, and dark shades.
0: It all
2: when I was broke in my he was
1: trying to look the part of a Chicano eazy
2: That was my main thing, was to become notorious.
1: But growing up, he was just one of thousands of young men in California who identified as Norteño, or Northerner.
2: As a Norteño, it was really just representing Northern California. It was about keeping outsiders outside of our neighborhood. Simple as that.
1: He got in fights and was expelled from high school.
2: He lost friends to gun violence. So there's a lot of frustration. And I used to um, write poems about it. Just kind of vent. It, man, so don't want panic, so a
1: DJ friend got him to turn his poems into lyrics.
2: I didn't know how to stay on time. (laughs) I started rapping in my house and didn't share with anyone for about a year. He worked at it
1: and learned how to make beats. He produced a demo, then pounded the pavement to book performances at lowrider car shows.
2: There was guys that could out-rap me in a garage party, but... Man, my albums, I put my heart and soul into those lyrics. I see the clouds in the sky from window, the no one'll ever know. It's like a show much.
1: He wrote songs about things he knew.
2: There's this thing called studio gangster. Oh, that guy's a studio gangster, meaning they don't really do the stuff they're rapping about. I Nobody gave me that memo because I was rapping about the stuff I was doing Because I was a drug dealer, I was a gang member I really did carry a gun at all times I really did sell methamphetamines, I'd buy him pounds at a time Thank God I never killed anyone, but sometimes I thought I was going to
1: By his third year in, Serdino was right on the verge of making all his dreams come true.
2: I shared a stage with Too Short, E40 in the Click, Cypress Hill, Ice Cube.
1: When he made the album that ruined everything. It all started at this taco truck. What do you usually get when
2: you come here? Uh burrito, carne asada with cheese, crema, and cilantro.
1: <laughs> Jessica's taco truck sits by train tracks in downtown Modesto, one of the many small cities that dot the dry, dusty San Joaquin Valley. In 1997, Sardino went to Jessica's to meet someone.
2: I just parked. He was here, you know, with his cousin. It was Robert Grattan.
1: Robert Grattan, aka Wedo, nicknamed for his light skin covered in tattoos, he had recently gotten out of prison.
2: Wedo was a small guy, almost petite. Obviously, he had been doing time, so he didn't look weak. You know, he had a, an air of authority about him, and you automatically respected him.
1: Grattan had reached out with an opportunity. He was a businessman who'd made some money turning used cars into lowriders. And he wanted to fund the next album by Sir Dino and his group, Darkroom Familia. He offered to split the profits 50-50, which sounded pretty good to them.
2: We were broke. Couldn't hold jobs or wouldn't hold jobs. Maybe we are selling weed or whatever, so we thought that was big time.
1: As notorious as he wanted to be, the truth was, Serdino was 25, he was bouncing between his parents and a friend's trailer, juggling his rap career
2: and trying to raise a one-year-old. I was a dad with with a daughter that needed diapers, needed food, and needed things, you know, and times were hard. He needed the money. But there was a catch. He goes, well, there's one specific thing I want, though. (laughs) I said, what? He goes, I want it to be a North Daniel CD. And uh, kind of hesitated, I was a northerner. So I'm like, well, I really was representing Norteños and Norte. I wear red, I wear red bandanas or have red shirts.
1: Soreños, or Southerners, the sworn enemies of Norteños, who wore blue bandanas and blue shirts, were moving up north from Los Angeles. And clashing with Norteños, but Norteños were also busy fighting amongst themselves. At Jessica's taco truck, Robert Grattan told Sir Dino he had a plan to put a stop to that.
2: You know, we we're killing each other. You know, everywhere we go here—Modesto, Stockton, Merced, Salinas, the Bay Area—we're killing each other, and we got to put a CD together to unify the homeboys.
1: plan was to make an album that would unite North against South and serve as a Norteño rallying cry.
2: Well, the hesitation was obviously being a rapper. I wanted a nationwide audience, which included Los Angeles. (laughs) And I knew by doing that album, I could possibly be cutting a huge portion of future success in that area. So my hesitancy was, is this going to interfere with those plans? And I came to the conclusion that it wouldn't. I thought it would just be a local thing. It's not going to hurt to do this little local CD.
1: Fifteen minutes away from Jessica's taco truck. It could have been that one. I think it's this one. In a beautifully landscaped a apartment complex,
2: past tennis courts and swimming pools. We recorded the entire album right here. In Robert Grattan's apartment. I remember pulling up here the first time and it was a lowrider, it was an Impala, and on his plates, it said North Daniel. His license plate, not his frame, his actual plate.
0: Mm-hmm. He was
2: very flamboyant in his North Daniel-isms.
1: <laughs> Recording would start around 7 p.m. and go
2: till the sun came up. Recording song after song, or producing or recording or both, Letting the beat play for an hour while the artists that were going to be on that song literally sat on the couch writing lyrics. Let me know when you're ready. i go get Jack in a Box, come back. You guys ready? Yeah, all right. Who's first? Way, way back in the days old. I'll bring in way like a red light so it's kind of days. set the mood for the artist. I know you didn't smoke
1: or drink, but was like all that
2: stuff kind oh, of yeah. going on around you all the time? Constant weed smoke, constant alcohol, a lot of meth. You know, and everybody's just kind of joking and laughing until I hit record. You know, then everybody's quiet and they let the guy rap. Then I'd listen back to it and I'd say, OK, we need to redo this or redo that. Or I'd say, it's good, then it'd get loud again. <laughs> yeah,
1: As they laid down their verses, Sir Dino and his crew focused on giving Grattan exactly what he'd asked for. See
2: your what well, I mean, we all knew what, what a Northern album meant. It means we were going to unite ourselves by uniting ourselves against a common enemy, which is anybody from Southern California. He called Southerners
1: scraps and sewer rats on songs like You Gots to Kill. The album was called G-U-N. Subtitle, XIV Till Eternity. And then the XIV,
2: the 14, what was that about? It's the 14th letter, which is the letter N for North. It's real simple, yeah.
1: The only thing Grattan insisted on doing himself was the album's intro.
0: First and foremost, no matter where you are, no where you are may that be on the Gaia or in the pintas.
2: He said, I just want to say this. Those that know will know what I'm talking about, is what he said. I said, "Okay, I'll just record it, you know. The primary purpose and goal of this album
1: is to promote unity amongst each and every one of us as Norteños. Norteños. Norteños.
0: This is a combined effort.
2: The album took three months to record and produce. As an album, I felt G-U-N was rushed. It was raw, but it was meant to be raw.
1: But when it was released, it was an immediate local hit.
2: This album, everyone was playing it. It seemed like every car that would go by, you know, bumping their stereo systems, it was the same bass line. You know, their whole car would rattle.
1: Grattan had guys selling the CDs out of the trunks of cars all over Northern California. It even made its way onto the
2: shelves of local Sam Goody stores. A bunch of parents and teachers, and uh, they went to the local Sam Goody there, and they were picketing. Got us in the papers, pulling our CDs off the shelf. I knew that was going to generate notoriety, and I knew that that meant sales. The G.U.N.
1: album also inspired a wave of violence. Red on Red crime came to a halt, but attacks against Sereños ramped up.
2: I've heard people say, Sir Dino did more than all Northerners put together. I don't think i felt any remorse.
1: Finally, he was notorious. All he cared about was the money and the attention. But with the spotlight
2: came scrutiny from law enforcement. Yeah. Uh. I would hear stuff. Doing uh, sweeps and they would go to people's houses and they'd have... The CD playing, drive is being done, and they see my CD.
1: Cops in Northern California became very aware of who Sir Dino was. They started listening to his music. Meanwhile, the profits that
2: Robert Gratton had promised failed to materialize. We printed a thousand, and I'm like, okay, cool. We sell these fourteen dollars each. That's fourteen thousand dollars. So. 7,000 to me. And then he calls me. He goes, Hey, I need another thousand. Well, that means you sold the first thousand. <laughs> no money. He goes, Oh, no, no, no. I'm just using it because I got to make more. I'll get you. So then the next thousand. Then, Hey, I need 2,000 more. Can you call the manufacturer? Five, 6,000 copies in. I'm racking this up in my head. I'm like, Dude, you owe me 40, 50 grand by now. Sardino felt personally betrayed. He
1: and Grattan had become friends. Grattan took him shopping in his other car, a Corvette. Serdino even performed at his daughter's quinceañera. Everyone who ever
2: you. He was already talking about doing a second one. What are you talking about? And I said, this guy is insane. You, you haven't paid me for the first one. It wasn't until months later, and I was getting actually angry and agitated at him, that <laughs> I went to go talk to him I used to have a homie, but
0: now he's a dopey, so just put some cheap on the When we return, Sir Dino gets what's his. Snap Judgment. Welcome back to Snap Judgment, the hired G-U-N episode last we left, Sir Dino. He was headed to a face-off with the man who funded his hit gangster rap album and kept all the profits. Snap judgment.
1: Sir Dino came to confront Grattan in broad daylight in the residential neighborhood where his girlfriend lived.
2: So he said he was here, so I pull up at that light. I was coming this way, and I'd pull up right here. And I was angry. I came with the intentions of not leaving without my money. And he has the car on the lawn. It was an Impala. (laughs) The one, the Norteño one he had with the Norteño plates. He has a car on the lawn, he's washing it, and he has a shirt off. I pulled up right here where we're standing, and I saw across his back, nuestra familia. Um, I had to take a pause. The very fact that he was so open about it scared me.
1: Nuestra Familia is the name of an infamous prison gang run by men in solitary confinement at Pelican Bay State Prison, a supermax facility on the coast of Northern California. Grattan had the gang's name tattooed in large black cursive
2: letters across his back for all to see. There's things that I grew up knowing. One is NF, they were nothing but killers and murderers. NF, you don't mix with them or play with them. You don't get yourself involved or you'll never get out of that web. They're very secretive and you will never know where they're at. It was almost like this urban legend that they're everywhere and they can find you anywhere you go. The truth to that, I don't know, but that's what I was raised with. I calmed down, I did ask him, I didn't just, you know, keep going. I got off and had a maybe 10-minute conversation. I don't recall exactly what he said. It was probably the same rhetoric of, yeah, I'm gonna get your money, we're doing good, things are going great, that kind of same old thing. I was just nice about it and left, and that was the last time I ever saw him. Sardino walked away. I never stopped meeting the money when I saw the tattoo on his back. But I, I had to weigh into account of what it is I was dealing with. The G.U.N.
1: album never really found an audience outside of Northern California. But it did rally Serdino's fan base, and the next few CDs he released would go nationwide.
2: Miami, our records were there, Texas, our records are there, Arizona, New Mexico, you name it, Los Angeles. We were in every record store across the country. Yeah. 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 Royalties started to trickle in, small checks at first,
1: then big ones. Sardino yeah. bought a house and was finally living large. Yeah. All thanks, in no small part, to the G.U.N. album, his little local CD.
2: I moved on, I'm making music, I'm traveling, and that was just like something I had did. I was releasing an album every 30 days, not solo. So I was constantly in the studio, all the time.
1: But even while he was cutting records, he was still dealing drugs, which he then wrote about on songs like I Got the Crank. At the peak of his career, he was caught with three ounces of meth and placed on house arrest. Then, in late April 2001, two years after his last meeting with Robert Grattan, Serdino was called in to see his parole officer at a drab concrete building in downtown Stockton.
2: I go in one morning, walk right in, and uh, as I walk in, I'm surrounded by FBI. They had slacks and windbreakers with FBI in the back, I think in yellow or white. They looked like agents, you know, and um, they weren't disrespectful. They, they were very calm, but very authoritative. We're the FBI and you're being charged under the RICO Act racketeering. I had no idea what they're talking about. I think you got the wrong person. The RICO Act is a gangster's worst nightmare. Everyone knows that's
1: like for like Italian mob stuff. It's a federal law that allows prosecutors to bring criminal charges against a criminal organization
2: like a prison gang. Like you have the wrong person. I have no idea what you're talking about. I kept saying that over and over and they looked at me like I was ridiculous. They're like, oh no, we know exactly who you are.
1: Sir Dino was told the reason for his arrest had everything to do with the G.U.N. album. He learned that Nuestra Familia had been behind the album all along. Robert Gratton, a captain in the gang, had hatched the plan with one of the five bosses in the Mesa, the five men at the top of the Nuestra Familia pyramid. They'd used Sir Dino as a mouthpiece a hired gun.
2: I didn't ask where the money came from. Why am I being charged for something? As the
1: FBI put the cuffs on him, serdino started making excuses.
2: If a drug dealer hires a landscaper to do their 10 acres, I'm not going to say, well, where do you get the money from? I'm just going to do the lawns as long as you pay the price. And that's what I was comparing myself to. I said, you want a rapper? You want somebody to do this? I'm not gonna ask. He was arrested
1: anyway. The feds believed Sir Dino was part of Nuestra Familia and knew the gang was funding his album.
2: Because even the government understood that you didn't rub shoulders with these guys unless you were part of them. The, the,
1: house, a... the GUN album was a key piece of evidence against him, proof of a conspiracy.
0: <laughs>
2: and he was the mastermind. <laughs> basically that I released the G.U.N. album and I used Nuestra Money to front a record label to release G.U.N. to then make money to give back to NF. That's what I was being pulled into.
1: Sardino was taken to Sacramento County Jail.
2: They weren't telling me anything. I'm like calling home, like, what's going on? And I'm sitting in my cell looking out and I see this kind of burly black dude walking around with Jordans. And I realized it's Suge Knight. Welcome to Death Row.
1: <laughs> Suge Knight was also in Sacramento County Jail in April 2001. Any other time, an audience with the head of Death Row Records would have been a dream for Sir Dino. But he was still confused and trying to figure out how he got there.
2: He just kind of nods his head. I was like, hey, what's up? Did you talk to him at all? Wait no, we just, we just... Not a...
1: <laughs> but Ser Dino wasn't there long When two guys from Nuestra Familia Came looking for him
2: One of them was stocky Like a prison build Big mustache Tattoo on his face The other guy, same thing Big mustache but a lighter build These guys confronted me And cornered me
1: Like Ser Dino, they'd also just been arrested By the
2: FBI on RICO charges They asked him who he was I said, David Rocha, well, what do you go by? Dino. They look at each other, they go off, had a little meeting, a little talk, and they come back and they said, where's our money at? What money? Now I'm really confused. <laughs> what money? Oh, you don't know what money? The G.O.N. money. And the light went on. And I said, this guy, this guy sold me down the river.
1: Sir Dino realized Grattan, who had used him and lied to him about the source of the money behind his album, had also kept the profits of the G.U.N. album that he was supposed to turn over to his gang.
2: What was he telling the NF about you? That I was keeping all the money for the album. That I was dodging him, ditching him, and spending the money.
1: That money was what these two guys from Nuestra Familia were after.
2: I realized I could die. And I had to think fast. I had to think real fast. And I quickly said... Where's my money at? I had to turn it around because I couldn't show fear. I was scared out of my mind, but I couldn't show that.
1: And then Sir Dino made another connection. He and these two Nuestra Familia guys had just been arrested. And there was only one person linking them. Grattan.
2: And I had to say this to save my life. I said this. I said, listen, why is that person not here? Why is the only thing that ties me to you is that person? Why is he not here? And they went to the other side of the cell to talk. And then they came back and said, you know what? We're going to pause this until we figure out what's going on. Yeah, I just to put you to sleep In the fog of the valley where the killers deep Yeah, I
1: What was going on was this. Robert Grattan had turned his back on Nuestra Familia. He'd become an FBI informant. In fact, he was the star witness of Operation Black Widow, a three-year federal investigation into Nuestra Familia launched by none other than Robert Mueller, departing U.S. attorney for the Northern District of California. 21 people were arrested at the same time as Sir Dino. Grattan had turned over 350 names.
2: Grattan had gotten arrested months prior, gave up the whole goods on his organization that he belonged to, And when told about the GUN album, blamed the whole thing on me. I don't know what the guy did. He was just trying to get out of his situation. I I don't know. You know, I can't speak for him. I can only speak for myself. I had no ties to Pelican Bay. I had no ties to any of that stuff. Serdino was pulled from his cell and taken in chains
1: to a marble courtroom in San Francisco, where the charges were read as his parents and brothers watched from the gallery.
2: I think I was just in shock, to be honest with you. I just kept looking out to my family, and my family looked just as confused as I was. It was a big room, very hollow-sounding, very surreal feeling. There was 21 of us, and all of us were lined up next to the judge, you know, on the side. Shackled
1: next to Serdino on metal bleachers in orange jumpsuits sat his co-defendants some of them already serving life sentences in solitary confinement. They ruled Nuestra Familia from the small, bare, windowless rooms in the Pelican Bay Shoe.
2: Man, being a street gangbanger, even a meth dealer, was nothing compared to this. You're kind of a street hood guy, and all of a sudden you're being taken to court, and, and there's Hitler, and there's Saddam, and then there's Bin Laden. The judge
1: started to read off the charges. Because of the way the RICO Act works, Serdino was being tried for all the crimes of Nuestra Familia, not just the
2: G.U.N. album. They do RICO charges when they want to hit a whole organization. So if one person did a murder, one person did a bank robbery, one person did this, they get all of you for all of those charges, my understanding. So when I go to be formally charged, and they're saying murders and Threatening DAs, armored car vehicle robbery, all of this stuff. Some of them were done in years when I was 10. <laughs> so I'm like, are you kidding me? You're going to charge me with this stuff?
1: I was a kid. Thanks to the RICO Act, he was facing life in prison.
2: I'm not pleading to anything. Like, I'm a rapper. Like, what do you, What am I doing here? I will fight this all the way to the end because this is crazy. Step to me
0: When we return, Sir Dino takes on the feds and an angry prison gang When Snap Judgment, the Hired G.U.N. episode continues Stay tuned Welcome back to Snap Judgment, the Hired G.U.N. episode Sir Dino has just learned that he's facing a life sentence For making a gangster rap album funded by a prison gang A prison gang that wants him dead
1: Sir Dino and his co-defendants were taken back to their cells.
2: Anyone associated with um, Operation Black Widow was considered a threat, so we were all put in solitary. Actually, they cleared an entire pod just for us.
1: The men in Sir Dino's pod had figured out long ago how to work around being held in an 8-by-10-foot cell for 22-and-a-half hours a day. Some of them had lived like this for decades. All they had was time. Inside, they taught themselves Nahuatl, the ancient Aztec language, which they spoke amongst each other so anyone listening wouldn't be able to interpret. They sent messages called wheelas, written in the ancient language, in microscopic script, on tiny scraps of paper smuggled in clothing lining and body cavities. That's how they gave their orders. They were, in some ways the most powerful men in Northern California state prisons. Men who could have Sardino stabbed, strangled, or set on fire, even if he never left his cell.
2: You know, some of the guys are people I had heard of. All this time I thought I was this gangster, you know what I mean? Because I was a northerner and this and that. As deep as I thought I was, it wasn't until then I realized how naive I was.
1: And he was scared. He didn't know if the two guys from Nuestra Familia had believed him when he said he'd never seen any money from the G.U.N. album. Then, that first night,
2: he was woken up at 1 o'clock in the morning. And an officer comes and gives me a package, and I'm just like, dude, this is, it felt like a Twilight Zone. I didn't know what was going on. One
1: of the correctional officers was working for Nuestra Familia, and they'd sent Sir Dino
2: a gift basket. Say, no, this is from the fellas. It was coffee and a magazine and some soups and things like that.
1: It was a peace offering. The next day, he was lying on his bunk when he heard
2: someone's knuckles rap on the glass windowpane in his door. There was a guy, the guy was next to me, and he goes, Hey, he goes, you all right? What's your name? I said, David Rocha. He goes, Oh, you're the Dino guy? I said, Dino. And he goes, uh, Yeah, they call me so-and-so. And I think my face went blank because <laughs> I'd heard so many stories about him.
1: This was a Nuestra Familia boss who'd ordered dozens of murders.
2: And he goes, you heard of me? I said, yeah, I know who you are. He goes, oh, if you need anything, man, I'm here. He goes back in the cell. The air was
1: cleared with Nuestra Familia. But in court, Sardino had given the prosecutors plenty of evidence for their case. They played Robert Grattan's intro to the G.U.N. album where he shouted out those in the pintas, prisons.
0: No matter where you are,
1: may that be on the guy or in the pintas.
2: <laughs>
1: they showed the album's cover, a photo of Sir Dino and his friends wearing red and throwing
2: gang signs in the park. And my lawyer was like, and which one of those things is illegal? They, they brought up, for instance, uh, myself having... Uh, guns and album covers. I'm like, well, you know, Terminator has a gun on his movie cover. What's the difference? The government
1: relied heavily on the testimony of Robert Grattan, who said Sir Dino was the one behind G.U.N.
2: This was his album. This was his thing. I didn't ask where the money came from. I, I saw it as contracted work. What was I guilty of, you know, to this day? I still hold to that because... What was I guilty of?
1: Well, okay, but, but you were guilty of uh, creating something that called for violence, right? And yeah. that call was
2: answered. Yeah. Is there a charge for that? There was.
1: Serdino was on the hook for a single count of Rico conspiracy. But the government first had to prove Serdino was a part of Nuestra Familia. Nowhere on the G.U.N. album do the words Nuestra Familia appear. Still, the government argued the connection was clear. When you were um, fighting the case, did you still believe in the Norteño cause?
2: Yes. The whole time I was fighting this case, Operation Black Widow, I still considered myself a Northern. I didn't hide it, I even said it in court. This was
1: significant. The government cited Serdino's self identification as a Norteño for evidence they believed Norteños and Nuestra
2: Familia were inextricably linked. To the prosecutor, to them, they're like, look, he's guilty, he's associated with with Nuestra Familia. And I said, no, I'm not.
1: Norteños and Nuestra Familia are linked, that's true. In state prison, Norteños are expected to pay tribute to Nuestra Familia, and they often work together. But membership in one does not necessarily confer membership in the other. Norteño is a much looser designation, applied to thousands of guys in dozens of cliques, disorganized throughout the state. The million-dollar question is, did you really not know that Uedo was in Nuestra and that the money for the G1 album was coming from Nuestra?
2: I really didn't know it. I really didn't. I had no idea I would ever talk to someone in my life that was that high up in the hierarchy of NF. You gotta understand, to me, these guys were mystical. These guys were untouchable. And for somebody to come and say, I am directly working with the three top generals of NF, that was beyond my comprehension.
1: Nuestra Familia has a written constitution, an elaborate hierarchy, and a mandatory workout regimen. There are rules for getting
2: in. I was not involved in any criminal enterprise of prison. I had never been to prison at that time. And to be in that gang, you had to have been in prison. They actually brought a gang expert in to prove me wrong. And my lawyer asked a question, can somebody be a northerner and not be tied to the NF? And their gang expert said, Yes. As the government tried
1: to save their case against him, Serdino spent his days and nights in solitary. His lawyer fought to get him out on bond. One morning, he was about to go before the judge when he heard a voice coming out of the corner of his cell. There was a vent
2: where you could actually talk to the person
1: next to you. The voice in the vent belonged to his neighbor, the Nuestra Familia boss who would greeted him when he first got there. He was one of five members of the Mesa. And over four weeks, Sir Dino got to know
2: him. I was his only neighbor, because on the other side of his cell was the wall. So I was the only one he could really talk to while, while he was in a cell. So I'd stand on my toilet and have conversations with him every single day, multiple times a day, talk about the outside. He'd been locked up, I believe, since he was 18. He'd committed a murder. He was now in his, maybe at that time, late 40s. He goes, hey David. He goes, um, you are gonna go to court again? I said, yeah, I'm trying to get out, man, I'm trying to get out. And he goes, they're gonna let you out. They know you got nothing to do with us. He goes, I want to tell you something, man. I want you to do me a favor. Oh great, <laughs> you don't want to, you know? And I was like, yeah. He goes, listen. He goes, listen to me, good. He goes, you're gonna get out of this. I want you to know. I will never get out. I will never know what it's like to hold the newborn baby. Never know what it's like to sit in a park and picnic with my family. I will never know that, David. And this is a guy everybody feared. He goes, so this is my favor I ask of you. Anytime you wanna do something really stupid out there, remember me that I'll never get out of this place. Did you feel like a little boy talking to him or something? I did, I did. I did, you know, but I, I believe that he was really truly uh, sharing his heart. And that affected me. They were killers, they were murderers, and maybe he was too, you know? But there was a human side to him. And here he is, jealous of me, because I actually have a chance at life. You know, and it just, it messed me up. You know, it really did. (laughs) This is not the life I want. Like. I have a daughter, I have a kid coming. This is not what I want. Let me wipe your tears, cause daddy's here to stay. I got something that I and
1: I'm here Three days later, Sardina was released. His case never went to trial. He took a deal, pled guilty to a lower charge, which meant just a year of probation. Operation Black Widow, one of the largest gang investigations in history, resulted in the convictions of 75 Nuestra Familia associates and dozens of defections. The five members of the Mesa were moved from Pelican Bay to federal prison in Colorado. But despite protests from the governor, they were all put in the same prison.
0: I was giving specific orders to organize all the different little cities in Northern California.
1: Robert Grattan, a.k.a. Guero, published a book about his experience at the center of the case and was interviewed on 60 Minutes, where he took full credit for the G.U.N. album.
0: So I put together a um, gangster rap CD to reach the youth and let them know that the Nuestra Familia was still in charge.
1: He entered witness protection and eventually died at age 44 in a car accident. Serdino was able to walk out of the courthouse, a free man, but not a changed one.
2: I didn't have any job skills. All I knew was to rap and sell drugs, and I didn't know how to get out.
1: His rap profile had been definitively boosted by the Rico charge. He was more notorious now than he'd ever dreamed.
2: If you're a rapper, a gangster rapper, with Rico charges, that's like the perfect thing you could ask for. Rappers will dream about that stuff, you know? Everyone who wants to be 50 Cent, be shot nine times, and survive. My sales rocketed. I felt like I had to now be Sir Dino.
1: He quickly dropped a track to capitalize on the infamy. The song's called Rico. It's
2: the Rico. It's and died. Still
0: my ground and fire. It's Rico.
1: This did not sit well with law enforcement. While Sardino was still on federal bond, the police dispatched an informant. He was caught on tape selling a small amount of meth and sentenced to 13 years in prison. Because of his history with Nuestra Familia and the Black Widow case, Sardino was put in solitary confinement. Again. Except this time, the light switch was broken.
2: So it was like bright like a hospital in my room. And uh, it's weird because you would think like, well, big deal. That's like, it messes with you. Like they don't give you a thick blanket. So it's not like I could cover my eyes with anything. They give you a sheet, like a bed sheet. And I think a towel, so you use your towel for your pillow. So I was just in complete bright white light And that's a torture unto itself. And there's this like scratched metal that's supposed to be your mirror. And you realize you actually have to look at who you really are. And most of us probably won't like what we see. And I don't mean physically. I don't mean attractiveness. I mean just who you see in your eyes when you look in the mirror. Away from the noise of life. What did you see? I saw a man that blamed everyone else instead of blaming me. I am a bad person. I'm a criminal. And I do belong here. I was involved in the life, and the repercussions of that life is exactly what happens.
1: He no longer had the shades or gold chain or creased khakis. After a decade of wearing red and claiming Norteño, he was done. Finally broken. He stopped going by Dino, and when members of his rap group came to visit him in prison, he told them he was out.
2: You know, keep the royalties, whatever, I don't care, I don't want that money. I want that stuff to die.
1: He was still recognized from time to time by guys inside.
2: A lot of times when somebody would compliment me, I'd, I'd say thanks. You know, I'd be like, thanks man, I put my heart and soul in my music.
1: David Rocha became a model prisoner. His sentence was reduced to six years. And for the last two, he was transferred to a federal prison camp.
2: federal prison camp has no, no barbed wire. You could escape if you could walk off if you wanted to.
1: In the housing unit, a young guy came up to him.
2: And said, I know who you are. I know who you are. You're Dino. And he was really excited. You know, and he had this huge smile. I said, yeah, but that's not me anymore. And he goes, yeah, but you're Dino. And he was like starstruck. And he says, my brother my brother idolized you and I was like oh that's cool that's cool you know does he come visit maybe I can meet him and he goes well no uh, I was um, washing his car with him he had a low rider he had to go to the store real quick and uh, he never came back he got murdered some Southsiders killed him I was like man uh, I'm sorry he was all he wanted to do was be like you I, I don't know what to say How does that register in your brain that somebody is no longer here because they want it to be what you described in music? Like, that sucks. I I don't know how to come to terms with that, you know? And I don't think I ever will. I don't think I ever should.
0: David Rocha left prison in June of 2009. He became a pastor and started a church in Modesto. It's called The House of Rest, just 5 minutes away from Jessica's Taco Truck. And David is still making music ever since he got out under his own name. The beats are the same, but the lyrics are a little bit different.
2: Serdino die, don't you get it, man? I repeat. Baptized in the name of the GOD.
0: Learn more about what David is up to at houseofrestchurch.com and get his memoir, Lost in the Storm, now available as an audiobook. Thank you, David, for sharing your story with us. And thanks to Shan Rocha as well, Justin Burton, and Julia Reynolds. One last shout out to Jessica's Taco Truck because if you're ever in downtown Modesto in need of deliciousness at unbelievable prices, look no further than Jessica's Taco Truck. This is an unpaid plug. The story. Featured the music of David Rocha and an original score by Renzo Gorio. It was produced by John Facile. See? It happened. That was just one Snap Judgment magic carpet ride. If you need more, more places, more people, more stories, more love, more joy, subscribe to the Amazing Snap Judgment Podcast. Hear the story behind the story. You follow Snap on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. If you like your storytelling, crafted in the dark of night, know that Spoop Season 6 premieres September 3rd, Be Afraid. Stamp was brought to you by the team that all has individual projects, kind of like the Wu-Tang Clan. Except for the Uber producer, Mr. Mark Ristich, he is not allowed to leave the building. Nancy Lopez, Pat mercedes Miller, Anna Sussman, Renzo Gorel, Shayna Shealy, Taylor Ducat, Flo Wiley, John Facile, Rissa Dodge, Regina Badiaco, Davy Kim, Bo Walsh, and David Exame. Well, this is not the news. No way is this news. In fact, a real-life music executive could offer you money to produce an album with a fair, equitable contract that gives you real ownership stake in the final product and profit sharing. <laughs> no, nah. don't be silly. That can never happen. And you would still, still not be as far away from the news as this is. But this is PRX.